Hello, and welcome to Metachemistry. This is episode 70. And today we want to talk about another faction takedown in that series, where we kind of take a different view on faction and sectoral breakdowns, where instead of just talking about what a faction's good at, we kind of come at it from the perspective of how do you defeat said faction? If you are playing against a given faction, you know, what sorts of things would be good to know? What sorts of things might you expect? And what can you use to your advantage with that knowledge? But before we get into that, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of the show, Mo Games. Uh, Mythics Online Emporium is an online supplier of Infinity. Uh, you can find them at mo-games.com. And as part of their sponsorship, all of our patrons get a 10% discount code at their store, and that's a patron of any level. In addition, we raffle off a $40 coupon code each month for members of our Discord. And that you don't have to be a patron for, you just have to be on our Discord and you're entered to win those. Because what's better than games? Mo games. So, uh, for this time, it's a little bit of a skeleton crew. It's just going to be Ian and myself today talking about the Toha Triumvirate. So, Ian, how have things been in your neck of the woods, in your gaming endeavors of late? Uh, see, we've been <clears throat> doing some Blood Bowl. We're at the end of our kind of Chaos Cup league. Um, last league, I was top player of the whole league, took the championship one. This time, mm -hmm. I've been the bottom player the whole <laughs> time. <laughs> Dark Elves are not my team, uh, but... We're in the playoffs now, and actually just a little bit ago today, we played our uh, quarterfinals game, and uh, well, first off, I didn't expect to get into the playoffs, because you need to have a certain number of players so that everything dials down uh, after each round of elimination, so you get to two players for the championship. Mm, sure. And we had a different number of players, so we had to do some qualifying rounds. And uh, I actually won my qualifying round, so I, actually, I got into the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, so today we did our quarterfinal round, and it was a real close game, but unfortunately I did lose. So I've been eliminated from the rest of the the league during the championships. So uh, good luck to all of my opponents. Uh, I did my best to try to break you <laughs> so that you don't do as well <laughs> going forward. Uh, outside of that... Um, we got the Krug coming up, and so we're getting some practice games in there, some uh, local practice prep tournaments, and uh, excited for that. And then yeah. uh, that'll be kind of Krug is probably gonna be a little bit of the, the last huzzah for me and Foreign Company for a while. Probably switch up to a different uh, faction after that. Yeah, there you go. I know it's been a pretty fun experiment, and I yeah. don't. I feel like we've talked about this, but I don't think I've brought it up on the show. But if I were to play a mercenary faction. I think they're the ones that were the most draw to me. The like, A-team slash group of mercenary TV stars is just a pretty funny concept for me. But Indeed. yeah, uh, <laughs> as far as me, uh, things have been a little quiet. I've been playing a little more Shatterpoint here and there. Been enjoying that, kind of doing occasional demos and things of that nature. Uh, I've been looking to get some more games in of Infinity with my Starmata, but I missed the last week or so where either other things were happening or I was just odd man out for opponents and stuff. So I haven't been able to get as much Infinity in over the last couple weeks as I may have liked, but they're coming. They will. They will be there. Nice. To arrest people in the most <laughs> nonviolent way possible. Which, you remember, right when O12 first got introduced in what was that, the Xenotech season? And, uh, yeah, yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they had the rule that season with the uh, Concilium banned weapons that yep. uh, <laughs> if you had a model with journalists or a war corps, that you could cost your opponent 
uh, a point if the war corps lived through the game and saw had line of sight to one of the their models uh utilizing you know a flamethrower or uh, mm-hmm. uh mines or you know different things that were on a specific list of what's banned by the concilium convention but o12 yep. didn't have to follow those rules because they loaded up the rubber bullets yep <laughs> and so <laughs> It was, it was pretty it good. Was a little ridiculous that season. They were much more limited uh, faction back then, but it was quite a entertaining addition to that season. I kind of miss some of that flavorful stuff that we used to get. Yeah, I mean, it's and like the Concilium ban equipment like that doesn't really show up. They used to have on all of the weapons and, and equipment and whatnot. There'd be a little tag at the bottom of the wiki saying, this is banned by the Concilium Convention, etc. Uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, mostly it was templates of pretty much any variety and like, things that could damage cubes and other like yeah, kind of yeah, awful weapons. things like viral and whatnot. But yeah, I do like the idea of having rules like that. That in particular is a little tricky to keep track of. Yes. But things in that spirit, I think it would be nice to have a little bit more a little bit more story to what's going on i guess if that makes sense yeah, yeah. no as I, it was really cool like i'm not saying that what they used to do worked great but there was a much more flavorful aspect to the advancement of the storyline mm-hmm. through play in the uh, summer campaigns and the ITS seasons that had more impact, I guess, on like the setting. Like when you used to have things like uh, the Alive group, and everybody yeah. could use them. But then the, you know, the uh, end season winner at Planetary Interplanetario got to choose, you know, what happened to them, what faction they ended up with, and that's how Combined Army got bitten. Kiss, and mm-hmm. you know, some things like that that were super cool or. When uh, Victor Messer released the documents to uh, mess with everybody and make everybody suspicious of each other, and the mid-season uh, winner of the uh, the global campaign got to choose a character model from each faction that couldn't be used for the rest of the season. So, like Tariq got taken out of. Uh, Akazlam for like a whole, like a half a season because he had been implicated as potentially being a Shazvasti spy. And I I know it's not necessarily great for some of the game balance stuff, but it was a Mm -hmm. lot of fun with the, the storyline and the interactivity that used to happen a few years back. Absolutely. But in terms of tonight's topic, we're going over Toha. This is uh, vanilla Toha. So some of some things may incidentally apply to Spiral Core, but this is about Toha proper. And so, Ian, kind of, if someone were to ask you, like, "Hey, what are the what are the cool and not so cool things about Toha?" Someone who's, you know, maybe if you were asked by someone who's interested in getting into the faction, what are what are the first things that come to mind as far as big? selling or pain points that they have. So for Toha, one of their biggest things is that they can be a very, very tough faction to take down because of the symbio armor rule. So they have numerous profiles that have symbio armor, which it's a, Stat to, a skill stat that gives them a transmutation, and so basically, then when they take a wound, they drop down to a lower version of the stat uh, in the, on their profile. But it effectively gives a significant amount of their troops an additional wound. So it's Absolutely. just more stuff that you got to chew through. Uh, they also have, in combination with that. Uh, they can take symbio bombs and symbio mates, which symbio bombs play off of the Pharaohware, which is a thing that's unique to Toha. It's uh, kind of their version of hacking that only works against targets with wounds. 
and mm-hmm. a symbio bomb, which can only be attached to a model that has symbio armor, gives them like a one-use uh, Pharaohware attack. And then the symbio mates, which again can only be put on guys that have symbio armor, gives them the first time they take a hit from anything, they get, it's like what, plus nine armor and plus nine BTS, or it sets it both of them to nine or something. Yeah, sets them both to nine and gives total yeah. immunity. And it gives total immunity, so it's just like, okay, so for that that hit, that exchange in that order, they become incredibly tough to kill. And then it disappears mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. Right. So that's one of their things that's like really cool. And so while we're mentioning that, Pharaohware, they <laughs> have, it's uh, honestly, it's over the top and should be addressed and toned down in some respects, but it's it's like hacking, but it's not a hacker, so hackers can't attack them. It is a comms attack, so it ignores immunities, mm-hmm. uh, especially total immunity, and it goes after guys that have wounds. So it won't affect anything with structure, but anything with wounds, you can isolate them. You could blow up their brains. You can throw down... Uh, basically white noise or, or eclipse grenade templates using it uh, doesn't require a line of fire. So it, it basically gets yep. the best of all of the aspects of doing like hacking and throwing smoke and a few things like that without any of the, the normal drawbacks that would be attached to that, like needing a line of fire for throwing smoke or uh, being hacked back when you're on the inside of wall, like the opponent can basically dodge or reset. So it's kind of a tough thing to come up against. And in, in if you're not familiar with how fairware works. Yeah, it's uh, very powerful. Uh, and uh, I don't know, as far as my thoughts on fairware go, I don't necessarily think that it's, significantly overpowered as much as it just doesn't fit in the current design of the game very well. Yeah. And so I would personally like to see some of those changed for similar gear. Like Eraser could just as easily become Jammer. Yep. And Mirrorball could become Eclipse Grenades, uh, which they yep. already have, uh, like on the McCall, for instance, mm-hmm. which I'm well, sure we'll so talk about later. My my thing with, the, with Mirrorball... Is that you know? It's fine. Make it have the effect of eclipse grenades, but make it operate like white noise. And what I mean by that is white noise also doesn't require line of fire, but the entirety of the template for white noise has to be in the hacking area, but only the center of mirror ball has to be in the zone of control. So it 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 basically makes it it just has this you know three inch two and a half three inch extension on how it can be placed that if they just bring it in make you have the whole the whole template inside your zone of control it brings it in line with um, white noise I'd be okay with that yeah I'd almost rather it just be upgrade white noise or just give. or just give eclipse grenades. Yeah. Just because I think fairware as a general rule can be overall phased out in favor of things that are already in the game. Absolutely. Um, and I, I get we're trying to have a something that's kind of unique to Toha because they are kind of so different. But even when you look at combined army at this point, like they have Sepsiter and Mnemonica, and that's about their stuff that's exclusive to them. They don't really have anything else that's that no other faction gets. I'd say in broad strokes, that's probably true. Yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah, extra, extra durability through transmutation wounds. And they have the fairware, uh, symbio bombs and mates. Um, I think another thing that you'll run into is high, high concentration of fire teams are pretty common. Oh, yeah. They're extremely flexible in the fire teams they, they can create, and they can create Harris teams in vanilla. And they can and put, as many as they want. Like, yeah, they can have an unlimited number of duo and Harris team, or unlimited number of Harris teams. And they can have just 
you know, a good dozen, dozen and a half of their profiles mix and match and be a part of those teams. They've got a color, a couple other options as well, uh, a couple sub teams, but the general triads that they are kind of known for, those you can have all over the place with tons of different things. So you can have whatever tool you want together mm. in that team and do some really interesting stuff that way. Yeah. Now, in Counterpoint, though, one of the areas that Toha is super weak in is hacking. Um, they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of stuff that can be hacked, but they also don't have hackers. So, like, they they have three, basically. There's, uh, okay. was it Alice Kassan? She's a killer hacker. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're and lying the, through the Kamel. You have the Kamel can take a hacking device, and then, uh, at least currently, they can take a war driver hacker. With the uh, Evo, and that was yeah. with solely the one with the Evo profile. Um, so it's not even a, a full hacker. So you, you get, they get an Evo, they get a, a regular hacker and they get a killer hacker. That's it. Uh, the, are there even any repeaters available on the list? Like that's the other side of it. Like there, I don't think there are, uh, there are deployable repeaters on a couple profiles. Mm -hmm. So like the, the line troops have kind of like the fusilier, they have a Ford observer deployable repeater. Yeah, the so the Kamel can take unit. one, the Coattail, and the Sukiel Commandos. Mm-hmm. So they they have a couple guys that can do a deployable repeater. Um, yeah, but they're not but, a hacking faction. In the no, slightest. they're not a hacking faction. So, but that does be end up being a weakness for them because a lot of the stuff that you could use against things, you know, like tags and heavy infantry through hacking to slow them down, they don't have access to and like yes mm-hmm. fairware does give a somewhat of an approximation of that in a different way uh especially with things like eraser it's mm-hmm. not the same because like eraser won't work on a tag because it's structure right yeah absolutely and speaking of which the other thing that is important is the general lack of armor-piercing punch that Toha have access to, especially long-range anyway. So for long-range, you're basically looking at a single unit. The Sukio Commando has a K1 sniper rifle, and that's about it for long distance. Uh, The next closest thing you get is their tag with an AP Spitfire or the Mercenary tag, the Trip Hammer. But they do have a fair number of units, not a lot, but several profiles with... Uh, K1 combi rifles. And so you can get some armor punch up close, but at a distance, it's pretty limited. Yeah, because other than that, like the, what the Clipsos can take a regular sniper rifle, the Nicole can take a viral sniper rifle. They don't have a ton of long range. They have two regular HMGs kind of available to the faction. So yeah. Sure. Armor piercing is not their forte. <laughs> Absolutely, especially not at a distance. And their overall long range firepower. And by long range, I'm classifying anything that has a positive range band that reaches past 24 inches as mm-hmm. long range for this purpose. It's very limited. Like there's a couple regular snipers, the viral sniper, a K1 sniper, and a missile launcher here or there. But long arms, if you want to take the chocks to long arms, there's a couple, there's a portable auto cannon there. I mean, that's but, yeah. my favorite of awesome. It's ridiculous. But it's yes. Pretty cool. Yes. Um, but you won't see but, long arms very commonly. Not in Toha mm-hmm. lists anyway. I'm sure yep. somewhere because they're available most places now. <laughs> but Yeah. Now that said, one of the strengths they have that's not armor piercing is that everybody and their mother in this faction can take viral weapons of some type, it seems. <laughs> And there's a lot of viral. a little of a generalization, but it's, you know, like you got viral on a lot of stuff, even if it's just viral pistols, like it comes up mm-hmm. on a lot of profiles. Yeah. Yeah. They're being the kind of biotech faction. Like that's why they have Faraware as opposed to any, any real noticeable hacking. Uh, they're, transmutation wounds is from 
bio augments and things like that. Viral weapons are definitely one of their major fortes, like even more so than than Hakazab. Like these guys can pack viral weapons all over the place, which kind of leans towards shredding infantry. Uh, once you hit like BTS six stuff, it's a lot. It's harder. I mean, it's still a couple saves per. It's still two saves per hit. But once you hit BTS six ish in cover, rifle damage weapons start to struggle a bit. That's it can ha you can drop stuff, but it's definitely not easy. Uh, but I feel like Toha kind of excels at dreading light and medium troops. Yeah, there there are tools for heavier things, but that's not where they're where most of their weapons are geared towards. Yeah. And that viral tends come in very handy when you're playing against things like dogs and bears, because they have vulnerability mm -hmm. to it. And when a significant amount of your faction has viral, it makes it really hard to get hit by those things uh, in a meaningful fashion. Cause it generally ends up being a, a trade. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they take out your model, but with a template, but you viraled them to death at the same time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And so they, they prey heavily on models with wounds and models with low BTS with a lot of their equipment between, you know, viral weapons and ferroware, which means they're kind of a natural predator to a lot of Ariadne forces. Like, not that you know, you're just going to win the game because you know, you rolled up with Toha and they rolled up with Ariadna, but there's definitely some some disadvantage there to the Ariadna player. So as far as actual units, things that would show up semi-frequently, um, I mean, it's a vanilla faction. It's not as big as some vanilla factions for sure, but there's still a fair number of profiles, so we're not going to hit on everything. But some of the standout profiles, I feel like Takiel officers, one of their medium infantry units, I feel like these are a very common pick. Uh, one, because they're fairly durable. They do have transmutation wounds. Uh, they can be a two-order lieutenant. They have endgame and mirrorball on all their profiles, which this is the only unit in the game that can natively bring endgame. So others can bring it with if they're given a symbiomate as a one-time use. But Takiel officers can repeatedly endgame, uh, which is very, very powerful if they manage to get somewhere that's difficult to approach, like on the opposite side of a building or on top of a building prone or something like that. These things will just shred models with wounds as they come in and just eat attacks <laughs> as they're coming in and either have to you know, move reset to try and fend off these whip 14 attacks or eat it and, you know, probably just go down. Mm -hmm. And almost every profile is a lieutenant with either an extra command token or an extra order. Yep. Nay, or chain of command. <laughs> that's yeah, that's all their things. <laughs> these are a command unit. Exactly. So yeah, and they, they come in a, a viral com or a combi, a viral combi, or a Spitfire variety, and then they get those two Ferroware tactics and a nanopulsor. Um I think it kind of depends on the use, but if there's points to where you can splurge a little bit, I think you'll see the viral combi Spitfire if there's SWC around and not spending it elsewhere. And I think the combi rifle generally tends to be more of a last resort or this is this is what we can fit without compromising things. So I think Takiel officers you will see extremely frequently. Mm -hmm. um, Ian, what's one unit for you that stands out? Like if you you hear that next round you're paired up against someone playing Toha, I'm like, oh, well I'm definitely gonna see X. Oh, I'm definitely going to see McCall's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And McCalls are super annoying. So they're a CC 23 trooper with martial arts level two and CC attack minus three. So they're automatically putting their opponent on like a minus six in CC if they don't have natural born warrior and even a minus three if they do. 
So they are great at CC. They're Fizz 13 with a dodge of plus two inches, and they're impetuous, but you can put them in triads. So <laughs> guess what? They don't have to be impetuous if you don't want them to be. And they're all super annoying and basically have templates. It's like heavy flamethrowers and contenders with eclipse grenades and your choice of viral or DA close combat weapons. So like, and they're like mm-hmm. 13 points. They're cheap. Or you know, boarding shotgun. That's also great. Uh, and then they, they also got a, a combi rifle where if you really needed to take that for some reason, I don't see the reason, but yeah. Hey, they're just really good. They're one of your cheaper options. Uh, st- still a regular order. And mm-hmm. yeah, they they just tear things up if they get close, and they tend to get close. Yeah, I, I think that you'll find these in almost every triad. Maybe not every triad in your opponent's force, but it's very common practice to see one in most triads in a list. And you're typically going to see two or three, sometimes more, McCall. Yeah, almost every time. Six. Yeah. Yeah, they're all over the place. So you can they're great for covering the rest of the team with that eclipse. And mm-hmm. you know, this is this is one of the main reasons that or rather, this is one of the main units that Toha can use to bypass those long range firefights that they don't necessarily care for as much. Like they much prefer mid and short range engagements, and this is one of the ways they get there as they throw these in in Harris teams and those triads, and they're throwing burst to Eclipse on 16s as long as they're within 8 inches. So this can really get them a lot of coverage. And I would say that Sukiel Commandos are another unit that would be quite common. I would say most lists you're likely to see one or two Sukiel Commandos, but not always. Uh, but Sukiel Commandos are one of the best gunfighters in the faction. They do have Transmutation Wound. They can join these Triad teams. Their Ballistic Skill 13. They have Mimetism 3. They have Terrain Total. Uh, they're Veteran in case something were to jam them or whatnot. But they're pretty solid gunfighters with a lot of different options available. So they're... they're basic armament is a K1 combi rifle typically and there are special there's a specialist option they're the best HMG platform in the faction generally speaking this is where that K1 sniper lives uh, they have a missile launcher profile basically all of these profiles um, have some pretty solid use cases in Toha and they're all in the low to mid-30s, so these are pretty easy to fit one or two of in a list without any trouble. And again, these these are going to be your, your point men for a fire team. Like, if you were throwing shots downrange, there's not many better options in Toha than a Sukiel. Uh, another one that I, I don't see them super often, but if they do pop up... Uh, can be a bit of an ordeal to overcome is the Rizal boarding teams because mm-hmm. it's a uh, has symbio armor so it sells the two two wounds effectively and it has a nano Great. screen because the symbio oh, the transmutation yeah. has two wounds and then a wound after that yeah so yeah. this is one yeah. of those rare it's a light <laughs> infantry that's why I missed that but it's one of those rare units mm-hmm. that has two wounds and then yeah third wound on the uh, symbio armor uh coming off of it so yeah it's actually got three wounds sorry and nano screen so mm-hmm. it brings its cover with it <laughs> yeah but the kind of the key here is that while their weapons themselves are not super awesome i guess they can get a spitfire or viral combi rifle uh you know boarding shotgun like you know they, they have a few options but nothing super hard hitting outside of the spitfire but they come with a chocks peripheral with a heavy flamethrower that has mimetism. So as a synchronized unit, you can do kind of the normal stuff that you do with every synchronized unit. You know, when you have a, a pal bot or, uh, you know, different things like that, where you can fake, you know, the arrow fork when you come up on somebody mm-hmm. and force them to choose to eat the flamethrower and trade shots 
or dodge and eat shots on you know that they can't hurt you. It's just one of those units that if you need to go dig somebody out, like they're great at that. And if they're coming at you, it's one of those like, God, how which one do I go for? You know, you want to try to hit them at range, but it doesn't always work mm-hmm. out because they have that nano screen as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're certainly a solid option. They can be a lieutenant, which can be great if you're looking for something that's relatively durable. They have low armor, mm-hmm. but yeah. having an effective three wounds is pretty powerful. Uh, they have some impersonators. Uh, the character Kiyotan Imposter, John Starr, is certainly a standout profile in the faction. He is the shredder of backfields. So he has impersonation. Uh, he stuck at impersonation two, which is the lesser form. So without the minus six to discover in one marker state. Uh, but he's solid in close combat. He doesn't have martial arts, but he imply he applies a minus three penalty with CC attack minus three at CC twenty. Uh, but notably, he has viral pistol plus one burst, so he can roll two burst in CC with those damage twelve viral pistols, which can. Really do a number on most targets that are sitting back. But he's also got mines that he can place and a light shotgun to run around templating things. Uh, he's got a dodge bonus for a respectable 14 and has transmutation wounds. So, unlike any other impersonator in other factions, he can take a hit and is still active, which is really powerful. Uh, yeah, John Starr will just destroy light infantry fire teams that he gets near, and with burst firing burst three viral pistols, will take down even relatively tough targets if he can get them out in the open, which he commonly can, since he can you know he can potentially deploy in the opponent's deployment zone on a thirteen or just outside it. But yeah, any other standouts you think? Any other kind of big ones that you feel like are okay? there is a very high chance that I'm going to run into this or that. The Kaltar specialists. Yeah, You're absolutely. You're going to see in every single list because this is where the symbiomates and bombs are coming from. True. Yeah. So the, this is where, you know, if your opponent is taking uh, guys with symbiomates and bombs, they have to have the Kaltar specialists in so that they can uh, take those things and then they uh, after deployment you kind of they're allowed to part those out to the units that that they want to put them on that have symbio armor to allow it Uh, but this is where those mates and bombs are coming from is from these units so the AVA2 you know you can only get there's only one profile that lets you take two of them and two symbiomates yeah yeah, two symbiomates, and that's the uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so you can either get a symbiobomb and a symbiomate, or one with two symbiomates. That's kind of the thing. So, so at most, there's going to be four models on the board that are going to have a bomber or mate attached to them. And at worst, it'll be four guys with mates to make them extra hard for that first attack against them. But if they don't have these, they don't have mates and bombs. True. Yeah, they're not a flashy profile by any stretch on their own. In fact, they're basically just a line trooper mm-hmm. with a shotgun and a flash pulse or a combi and a flash pulse. But yeah, bringing those mates and bringing chain of command, notably, on the more expensive profiles. Mm-hmm. Having cheap chain of command can be really valuable if you want to take that active lieutenant. For instance, if you want that plus one lieutenant order Takil. You're likely bringing Kaeltar anyway, so might as well splurge for at least one of the Chain Command versions to keep you up and running, out of loss lieutenant. And they can join triads, the Kaeltars. So they can just be part of a fire team in the back, providing some bonuses for other things that are going to be pulling triggers instead of it. Yep. Yeah, I, I also feel like, you know, you've got a decent chance to see things like a gal, uh, yep. you know, between a gal and like Eclipsos. the, the, yeah, the Clipsos, the Kayatan, uh, there's going to mm-hmm. be a decent amount of marker state, uh, 
midfield deployed things to screen their line that you're going to have to find a way through, which honestly, this is one of those areas where depending on how concentrated things are, uh, cause they do have a few hidden deployment models as well. Mm-hmm. Taking a model with sensors actually can pay dividends against Toha. Um, you know, it doesn't work against impersonation obviously, but they do have enough camouflage and hidden deployment that especially if you got a, uh, they're in the midfield blocking your advance, getting a sensor bot up close to them can really help take reveal those. So you can take them out and move forward towards your objectives. Yeah, I can certainly see some benefit there, but yeah, Clipsos are hidden deployment. They're cheap. They can be a specialist. Like those I think will show up often enough. Um, Drawl, Drawl are another standout with gunfighter profile with BS 13 and transmutation wounds and mimetism minus six and a Mm -hmm. pile of other, a pile of other skills being specialists and having terrain total and whatnot. They usually are pretty good forward specialists, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So these are a lot of the things that you will commonly run into when fighting against Toa. Now there are, still plenty of other profiles and plenty of other good profiles as well. Uh, but I would say that those are some of the big ones. Um, there's also other support units that I think are pretty solid, like Calry Sentinels are pretty great. The Diplomatic Delegate is <laughs> kind of their version of a Super War Corps that yeah. has a racer and a nanopulser and is a specialist in addition to being a Flash Pulse. For mm-hmm. two more points, so for five points, you can get a super war core. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, if that journalist skill ever comes back for anything, and they have a, a bonus to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So those those are some of the more standout profiles. They also have another impersonator in the grief operator uh, mm-hmm. that also has some forward deployment options, but... The, I find that the impersonator version is probably more commonly taken. But yeah, so there's a lot of really solid profiles. Most of them tend to be low armor. So that's kind of one thing to keep in mind is that while Toha can stack a lot of wounds, they are vulnerable to, say, continuous damage, for instance. Like, that's one of the best ways to get rid of a Rosale because, yeah, they have effectively three wounds, but their fizz is very low at 10 and they and only have armor one armor. And so it's, to, and, it'll, and it'll go to zero for that third wound. Right. Yeah. And so if you catch them on their last wound, they're even worse, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things you can use to take down a Toha model fairly, fairly reliably. I mean, I won't. I wouldn't go as far as to say you'll commonly one-shot a Rosale boarding team with a flamethrower, but it's not outlandish either. And even some of their heavier units, like the heavy infantry, that I don't see very often, um, you could see sometimes, but I would not expect it commonly. Is something like Nima Sitar, the character Ectros, or the Ectros regiment themselves? They're armor three. Again, they're effective three wounds, but armor three is where they're at. Their size 5 heavy infantry is armor 4. So everything else is armor 3 and under. Basically across the entire faction until you go back up to the tags. Yeah. Which the, the Gorgos, Gorgos is, is a seven, 7. And so is the Trip Hammer, I believe. Yes. But yeah, so one thing to keep in mind when you're fighting Toa is you don't need a lot of heavy armor punch. And in fact, a lot of times it doesn't help as much because symbiomates are going to be on the key pieces. So they're going to have that one order of total immunity and arm BTS nine, and then it will go away after that order where it's triggered. But that's that's where a lot of the durability is coming from, along with the just volume of wounds, like needing to fail saves. So continuous damage or double action explosive ammunition. Um, things where you're just causing them to roll dice 
that is going to be a good way to pick up Toha models off the table. But as far as other kind of surprise pieces, uh, we've mentioned that their hidden deployment trooper is very cheap uh, in the Clipsos. They also have a couple impersonators. So they have Teoton Imposters and the Grief Operator, and they have John Starr, which is the character Keoton. So uh, important to note that the Keoton and John Starr share their availability. So you can only ever have one or the other in a Toha list. So the most you'll see are two impersonators, but two impersonators is more than most factions will bring. So yeah. <laughs> something to keep in mind for sure. Um, otherwise, they do have some airborne deployment. So they have a pretty decent airborne deployment trooper in the Gautarsos. So it's a, a decent stat line across the board uh, and has transmutation wounds. So it can take a hit and keep on trucking. Otherwise, they have the, the Cube Yeager as Parachutist, but I would say that's a very rare pick. Uh, I would not go in worrying about a Cube Yeager, but, but hey, they're out there. <laughs> if you're going to play a Cube Yeager, this is where you do it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> like here in Spiral, keep them with, with the Toha factions because that's where they make sense. And they, that's especially true. with Spiral, they, they are fill in one of the areas is like one of their only options for it. So I love, I love the QB models. I think they're a fantastic idea. They just keep getting saddled in factions that have something else that does it significantly better. Yep. And then as far as other kind of tricky things that might be worth remembering are units with hollow mask. So the biggest one being the Tagma schemer, uh, the Tagma schemer in Toha, as opposed to spiral, Toha only gets the one option. It's the Breaker Combi Nanopulsor, but it's only 16 points and it has counterintelligence. So mm -hmm. when you're playing into Toha and they're going first, I would go in assuming that it's very likely they have counterintelligence inside one of their triad teams because the Togma Schemer can join fire teams. So it's very likely that that will be present. 16 points for counterintelligence is a very good deal. Yes. Um, the other one is on a unit that I see almost never. <laughs> so I won't go into too much detail, but the Coattail mobile unit is a 6-4 super jumping unit with a holo projector. And so it can holo mask by extension. Uh, it's a transmutation wounds unit with um, some decent gear, but it's not something that I would, again, worry about showing up, but it is possible. But I would say that your opponent is likely to have counterintelligence just because it's so easy to hide with a Togma schemer. Mm -hmm. But that's that's generally all of their hidden information type effects. Uh, that's all of their off-the-board units or, or private information type things, generally speaking. Um, they don't have a ton of Marker state units, that's generally fairly rare. Um, they have, uh, natively, they have the Clipsos and the Agao that we've mentioned. There are a couple Mercs, the Liberto and Beast Hunter, because it is a vanilla faction. But generally speaking, camouflage is not going to be very common. So a lot of what you see will be what you get. But yeah, so with... Some of those things in mind. We've talked a little bit about some Toha weaknesses, but Ian, do you want to talk a little bit about how you might, what sorts of tools do you want to have when you're playing against Toha or what sorts of things, like if you have the benefit of foresight and you and your opponent, let's say you and your opponent are, are saying, okay, I'm going to play this faction next week. So, and this mission. So let's, let's do it. And you have the benefit of some list tailoring. Mm -hmm. What are you What are you tailoring with? To be honest, templates. Toha tend to be fairly low on the fizz. Most sure. of their stuff is falling in the 10, 11, 12 range. They, as far as their stuff that's like 13 and up, up it's very little compared to a lot of other factions. You know, it, you, you have... 
you know, like Nima, Sitar, and the Kielsan and the Ektros, they're fi- they're 14s. Yeah, all their heavies, but, but that's about yeah, it. But that's about it. Like, almost everything else is sitting in that 10 to 12 range. So mm-hmm. they're not super awesome at dodging. Like, and again, if you have a 50% chance to dodge and you dodge, like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But when a lot of other units in the game are sitting at 65 or, or better, that's uh, not I super you, great. I think your Ariadne's coming out. Oh, yeah, it is. I think, I think that I think that 12 is pretty common, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it is. But they're still sitting at 10 and 11 on more things than that than 12s. Sure. <laughs> so I, I would go with templates, like coming right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. They actually, in fact, have a really high number of models that are coming in at 10. Like, I would say in most other factions, outside of possibly the basic line troopers in a lot of factions, like most models are not, they're at 11 minimum. Like, like 10 is, 10 is one of those ones that I I think is a sign that it's just like, yeah, this is a, a bog standard line trooper. And not super great, but my hollow men are going to go cry in a corner now. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're robots (laughs) and they should feel bad, (laughs) but like I said, no, it's it's just a lot of their stuff comes in at 10 and 11. So I do feel like they are a little more susceptible to templates because of that. Um, Also, AD, to be honest, uh, especially if you can get some deployment zone AD or combat jump and come at them from some different angles because they can dig in really well, but if you manage to catch them out of cover, uh, they don't have a ton of armor, to be fair. Like, they're they're, they're tapping out at armor three outside of the couple of the heaviest units. Yeah, knowing that they won't have access to Sixth Sense on... Yeah. Anything? I don't think. I don't think they have access to Sixth Sense at all. Um, they uh, do. Oh, maybe the Calry, I guess. Yeah. So the yeah, Calry Sentinel is the only native Sixth Sense unit in the whole faction, and they cannot join fire teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could count the Season War Driver, perhaps for right now, but yeah. that will go away. But yeah, they don't have Sixth Sense, so so if you can shoot him in the back. That's always a good thing (laughs) when you're fighting basically anything. Yeah. Surprise attack works well against them because of this, but yeah, so they, they don't have six cents. So 80 troopers, surprise attack. Um, they're, they're, they're decent on whip, but you know, camo troopers and things like that. They, they work against them just like effectively like they do everybody else. So that's kind of where I would go. Yeah. I'm looking at templates. I'm looking at, ways to come at them to dig them out of cover. That's kind of where, where my mind goes at when I'm having to face Toha. Yeah. I feel like Toha can build some very powerful defensive castles. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the Nikaul trooper has sapper and BS 12 with a viral sniper rifle. And so can kind of deploy wherever they want, gain mimetism and cover, uh, and can be and have MSV one, which is a pretty good stopping piece. They also have the fairware that we've mentioned, um, you know, disposable troops like uh, Shaksa with flamethrowers and sensor or cavalry sentinels and the like. So I would generally try and stay further back, and I'd want to kind of harry a Toha player with longer range firepower, generally speaking, and. I think a tag is a good place to do it. Like if you have a, a multi HMG tag or similar or an AP HMG tag, I suppose, but something along those lines is what I'd be looking for. Even a, even a regular HMG is pretty threatening to most Toha units. Again, because most units are not seeing the five not seeing, you know, high armor. Like most things you're going to see are going to be armor three and below. And so being able to kind of sweep around in kind of a semicircle around their deployment at kind of finding angles where you can pick things up and knock out any long-range ARO pieces they do have 
that's going to be ideal. Because if you, you know, again, if we take the Nikau, which again is one of the better kind of stopping pieces available to them, if you have a heavy tag in cover, you're you're pretty likely to shrug off uh, those those viral rounds at least before at least take them down before you lose your tag in the vast majority of scenarios. And as far as other units, like I, I feel like, well, backing up, like one of my favorites is the Marut because the, the long range pieces tend to have mimetism and the Marut has BTS nine and the Marut has ballistic skill 15. Like it's a, uh, a real good option for that sort of work, but any, mm -hmm. any sort of long range tag will do in that regard. So I think high armor is a good thing to try and build towards where possible. High BTS, if it matches is ideal uh, because you're likely to get hit with some viral weapons. Um, and if your faction allows it, taking very few troops with wounds is actually really helpful. So like if I'm, playing Operation Subsection or Tunguska or something along those lines, a lot of times Fairware just has next to no effect. And so that's a really good way you can not necessarily beat them more easily, but make it so more of their tools are ineffective and just kind of level the playing field in that regard. Uh, so yeah, so I think long-range firepower and more structure are really helpful um, but i agree with you in terms of like templates and mm -hmm. kind of asymmetric troops are usually pretty good i worry mm -hmm. about things like mccall flamethrowers and the like in many you know, teams yeah be careful but <laughs> dig them out <laughs> but yeah absolutely so i think those are, are pretty solid options as far as that goes yeah and and another thing that kind of helps is that outside of the symbiomates they don't have anybody that has total immunity in fact their True. immunity to shock is the only immunity that they have there's no immunity to ap or immunity to crits or anything like that that they it's just immunity to shock uh the only total immunity model you'll see is not even a toha model it's kendrat the krakot mercenary <laughs> morat that they sure. can take for some reason but yeah, it's that's vanilla. the yeah it's the only <laughs> the only total immunity model in the faction. Which, to be fair, total immunity is not a common skill. I mean, says you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I play factions where I have total immunity on every third guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nothing but wrong there. it does come up reasonably often in other factions. They they, they have more models that have total immunity or they have immunity to, you know, AP or crits or something like that. Sure. Um, that's just not a thing here. So that AP weapon you have, especially if it's like an HMG or a sniper rifle or, you know, whatever can really do some work. Yeah. So I would say something to consider is one of the, one of the benefits they have in terms of staying power are the symbiomates, but that's removed anytime they're forced to make a save. So flash pulses are your friend. Yeah. Flash pulses are a wonderful option to get rid of symbiomates. Sure. It has no chance of doing anything to that unit. I mean, there's a, there's a clear. small chance they could no, roll a one or a two. No, even with, even with they have total immunity. So flash pulse just oh, bounces. That's fair. Yep. So if you can hit them with a flash pulse, that's that's the worst feeling when you're running around with your your Takiel officer or your drawl or whatever the case may be that's you know going around getting stuff done and has a symbiomate to be protected. You run past a flash pulse and it tags you and you lose your symbiomate for almost nothing. Like that that'll hurt the, the Toha player across the table just a little bit, make them Make them a little sad about what has happened. It also makes them sad if they just fail the armor or the BTS save against whatever it is, even if it's not a flash pulse. Like it just, I had this, I had all the things, and I still took a wound. <laughs> <There's> Why? <that. laughs> but 
unless even even if they're breaking cover, yeah. there's a good chance that they'll make it out. Oh, absolutely. But it can that's happen. why it's You're just right. so. That's why it's just so like, it's it's almost assured. But they roll that you know one <laughs> or two or whatever, and it happened. It goes through, and then they're just they're extra sad. Yep. And true. I'm fine with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's one thing you can do to work against symbiomates. Um, if you have the availability in it, um, Fairware can be completely countered by having uh, structure models where it just has no effect on them whatsoever, can't even be used. Um, but otherwise, I would say high whip models have a little bit better chance at surviving because of resets and the like, but that's not something you want to count on. That's just kind of an incidental sort of thing. High BTS in general can often be helpful when fighting Toha, but not exclusively. They do have conventional weapons, but that does aid in some of the other things that you'll be dealing with. But I would say that Toha primarily... If something's going to be in your deployment zone, it's going to be an impersonator. So usual impersonator defenses apply here, with the caveat that these are effective to wound impersonators, except for the grief. So making sure that you have units watching each other, trying to, if you have the luxury of being able to box them in with something, like a, like a, uh, like if you have a synchronized peripheral drop or similar, you know that can certainly work. Um, they're also generally, except for John Star, they're not good in close combat. Like they're either not good or just kind of bad in close combat. In the case of the Grief Operator, uh, mm-hmm. Kioton aren't really much better. In fact, I think they're exactly the same. I thought that the regular imposters might have had CC attack minus three, but they do not. No, no, we're seventeens. We are CC seventeen. Yeah, which is not John something. Star is a twenty. Try. Yeah, and then he has CC attack minus three and yeah. an extra burst and inactive. So he's actually pretty decent in close combat, but the others are not. Yeah, and so that's another thing that you can do, like if you have a unit that they may want to go after, but happens to be good in CC. That may be something, is that you can try and dodge into them uh, if they happen to go after it. Uh, But the other thing that you'll want to keep an eye on is the extreme amount of Eclipse Zones that they can produce, whether that be through Mirror Ball or just Eclipse Grenades. And with that, in ARO, the best you can do is plant more arrows and just try and force them to spend more orders setting these up. You can't stop it, really. There's not really a whole lot you can do to prevent them from placing these, particularly Mirror Ball, where they don't even need to be uh, on the same side of the building as you or draw a line of fire at any point. But having more arrows standing can help. But again, you don't want to just plant up your whole force, but I feel like, generally speaking, you can be a little more confident posting up arrows against Toa than some other factions. Yeah, just beware that the Toha arrow can be tons of fun to deal with because <laughs> they can take Choxas with HMGs that have neurocinetics. So, yep. you only know, take, like, what, two of those? And so it's like, cool, here's my two... <laughs> Basically, TR HMG bots. Okay, they don't—they're not great in active term, but in reactive, you're just like, okay, got a couple of full burst HMGs I got to deal with. It's gonna be fun. Let's do it. Yep, they certainly can. And uh, I know one player in particular who likes to employ that. It comes up a lot. <laughs> but, but I wouldn't say that's common. I think that you might see—you might see one, but rarely. And certainly uh, uncommon to see multiples. But yeah, so we want to get to our final thoughts. But before we circle back around to that, uh, I just want to give our plug for our Patreon page, where 
you can come and support our show if you are willing and able to provide financial support. You can go there and get some extra benefits, such as early access to shows. There are a couple channels on the Discord that are patron-only, and everything that is contributed towards the Patreon is completely put back into the show. So it's all equipment, costs, products, um, projects, sorry. And things of that nature. So we don't we don't come back and take uh, any of that money into our pockets or anything like that. So that's all going to fund the Metachemistry show. And as far as our Discord goes, our Discord link is also in the show notes. We'd love to have you. So if you want a place to talk about more Infinity, we've got a spot for it. Whether that's talking about your favorite army, brainstorming lists, showing off paint jobs, showing tables, uh, discussing, you know, your latest conspiracy theory on new fluff or what is Army Plus. You, know, <laughs> you can find those sorts of things on our Discord. And as I said at the top of the show, it also puts you in for a $40 Mo Games gift card drawing each month. So with that... Uh, Ian, any final thoughts on taking down Toha? Anything? Any lingering things that come to mind? Yeah, they like Toha have a decent amount of tricks because they play like no other faction with their exclusive access to things like Pharaohware and Symbiomates and bombs and Symbio armor, which you just don't see anywhere else. So. Mm-hmm. They do things a little bit more unique. Now, part of the reason that we uh, wanted to cover this topic in this episode is that uh, CB has put all the Toha range on last chance. So... And a fair I mean, discount. Yeah, fair discount. It's like 40% off. But they mm-hmm. are, you know, basically out of the game as far as being an active faction. And then, to be fair, they haven't really received any new models uh, outside of... The Spiral Core release, so That's been a while. it's yeah, it's been a while. It's not super surprising, but uh, for models that were already hard to get, this is they're going to be just now that little bit more hard to get in some respects. So you may not be seeing a ton of Toha, or Toha out on the field, but you might also see some people that jumped on that that deal and want to give them a try. So I thought it was kind of a a nice and appropriate time to discuss the faction uh, with that going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that will probably drive some people, particularly the collectors amongst your group to pick up Toha at some really good prices. And, you know, I'm sure we'll circle back around to spiral core someday, but I think that, Vanilla Toha is really interesting in that it is the it's the only vanilla faction that plays like a sectorial. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't play exactly like a sectorial. You know, you see a lot of the usual contenders. It's a semi-limited roster. It has uh, a lot of fire teams running around, so you have to kind of keep track of those. But when you're playing against Toha, um, I would say that it's important to remember that their troops tend to be durable and have kind of exotic gear, but generally their stats are kind of middling. They're not, you're not going to see, you know, very many 15s in any of their scores. Uh, You're not going to see kind of the best of in most regards in terms of raw stats and abilities. But they do have a lot of really interesting kit associated with them. So keep in mind that they have, they're going to have things thrown at you that if you don't play against Toha regularly or don't play Toha yourself, you're probably not going to be familiar with unless you spend some time in study. So mm-hmm. know that if you're not doing that, that there's a good chance that you'll uh, be caught off guard a little bit. But hopefully in listening to this episode... You've gotten a little bit more in your toolbox to play against Toha. So, but low armor, hit them where they're weak. All low yeah. armor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you guys have 
extra things that you feel like maybe we should have covered or extra questions or want to go over things in more detail or anything along those lines. Uh, we have an episode discussion thread after each episode releases so that we'd be happy to talk about those sorts of things. Um, and you can do that anytime. It doesn't have to be inside one of those threads, but that's just one of the easiest places where people are kind of collectively looking at the same topics. So yeah, hop on our Discord. Let us know what you think. And we'd be we'd be happy to chat with you about it. And on behalf of Metachemistry, this has been Devin. And Ian. And that's the meta. <laughs>